0: Good morning, Life Center Church, so good to be with you. I am missing everybody so much. I, we know that we're going to be coming out of this uh, lockdown, hopefully in the next month or so, and we'll begin to meet face-to-face. Can't wait for that. Looking forward to it. Listen, I wanted to let you know some of the things that we've been doing in the midst of this COVID pandemic, because... Um, so many gave to benevolence fund and and just our tithes and offerings. Um, we wanted to let you know some of the things that we that you have enabled the church to do. Um, we were able to pay rent for twelve people who were out of work and just didn't know how they were going to pay the rent. We paid their rent. Uh, you paid their rent. Uh, we brought groceries for others who let us know they were in need. Some people had bills that they just didn't know how to pay. We took care of their bills. Uh, we were also able to uh, fund and support the uh, the protest uh, outreaches. Uh, we we get, we went out with food and we're distributing food with with resting place at some of the the protest events and just being a witness of Jesus in the midst of such great pain that people are feeling. Uh, and we also were able to give a donation to a crisis pregnancy center that takes in unwed mothers. Gives them a place to stay, helps them through the birthing process, and gives them some new mother skills, uh, and so so those are some of the things we were doing in this season. And you made that possible. Thank you so much, Life Center. You guys, you guys are amazing. Uh, what a time we live in! I uh, it's Father's Day. I want to give a big shout out to all the fathers out there and all the men of Life Center Church because listen. You're not meant to be alone. If you're single now, know that God has somebody for you and uh, he doesn't want us to be alone. He wants us to find our, our helpmate, our wife, our spouse. And uh, so I want to give a shout out. God wants us to be in families, to form families, to be fruitful and multiply. So this Father's Day, we give a shout out to all the fathers. And I'm looking forward to coming back to a church that's filled with children because that's what God wants. He wants us to, to take fill the earth with his people, and, and so that's a commission. I'm giving it to all you. I'm prophesying out there. There's weddings coming. There's marriages coming, because God loves children. So bless you all. Don't be afraid of it. Run toward it, not away from it. Amen. So let's talk a little bit about where we're at. What's going on? I mean, we we, go in, we have this COVID pandemic. We're in lockdown. People are very unsettled, unsure. And now we're, we have these... Um, Racial incidents, uh, murders, these things of injustice, and it's in our face. And um, you know, there's an outcry and a righteous outcry. Um, so, what is God saying? I really feel like it's time. He wants us. He wants the church to arise. And the scripture that stands out to me in this time is Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse fourteen. And we've all heard this scripture, but I, let's. I want to take it apart a little bit because I think it's necessary. It says, if my people who are called by my name, my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Our land needs healing. Our land needs healing. And it's it's gonna happen when the people of God arise and say no more injustice, you know, and, and, but it's gonna create, it's gonna require great humility all around. It's gonna require listening ears, hearing with empathy. Um, in order to humble ourselves, we need to admit when we really don't know the answer. You know, sometimes there's, we have cultural biases, and what that really means is cultural blinders because of our own experiences or because we fail to experience certain things we assume anybody else who's claiming such experience you know may not be accurate because that's not your experience well unfortunately that couldn't be farther from the truth not all our experiences are alike and we need to hear each other we need to humble ourselves and begin to listen and, and I really believe that if we do this, if we humble ourselves and start to seek God, say, God, show me, because I have been in a posture personally of saying, God, what's the answer? This has been going on. It's generational. It goes on, gener- it's been going on generation to generation. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a national iniquity from slavery forward to Jim Crow to, you know, we had to have, uh, you know, in the 50s and the 60s, there were civil rights marches, for, for basic inequities, and, and it, it still perpetuates today. And unless the church arises for righteousness, justice, and equity, you know, I, I don't think that the Lord can come and and, and bless us. And I, and I know that's his heart. His intent is, to, is, to, is that there will be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but he wants, he's coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. So he wants us to posture our hearts before him in humility and, it, and, and, and be prepared to repent. Now, uh, that, that's gonna require great humility. Would you turn with me to Acts chapter 10? And uh, it, was, it was right with Peter in the book of, book of Acts, Acts 10, that in fact, God started dealing with these mindsets of one culture, cultural superiority. The Jews, who were the chosen people, were given, you know, the 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 law through Moses, and given the promise of Messiah, um, you know, and, and that was by God's design. He kept the people to Himself through through whom He desired to manifest Himself, but because of you know their stiff necked ways, just like any, any any of us would be. Uh, There came a time when he said, you know what? This gospel will be taken, this good news will be taken from you and it'll be given to those of the nations. The gospel will go forth to all the nations. And that Israel would, in fact, reject the Messiah and uh, and then then the good news would go to all the Gentile world. So um, here we are. This is happening. And now Peter's trying to navigate that because he still doesn't understand. You know, a lot of the... The, the, the apostles, these great men of God, they wrote the New Testament. They were, they, they were being humbled left and right as God was showing them his purposes. So I just want to read Acts chapter 10. This is where the gospel starts to transition and, and go out, not just to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. It says, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion that was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household who gave alms generously to the people and he prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming and saying to him, Cornelius. And he observed him and he was afraid. He said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa. And send them for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He's lodging with Simon the tanner, whose house is by the sea. He'll tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, and from among those who waited on him continually. And so, when he had explained all these things, he sent them to Joppa to find Peter. So, that's the setup. Now, Peter's in Joppa and it's interesting because God's about to visit him and he's about to rebuke Peter. I want you to listen to this carefully and understand, you know, as many as God loves, he corrects, you know? And if you're a son, you know, just like, like, like a father who corrects a son whom he loves and if, and if he doesn't correct you, then it says you're not part of his family. But if you're a son or a daughter, he will correct you. And uh, and you should rejoice because that, that confirms that you're a son. So I want you to listen to this because I don't know if we've always read it as a rebuke, but I'm telling you, it was a rebuke. But it's a hopeful rebuke because it's about, God's about to do something because his plans can't be stopped. And he is coming back from a bribe without spot or wrinkle. He's, he's gonna, there is going to be an outpouring of the Spirit. There's going to be great revival and reformation, uh, but we need to turn at his rebuke. So... So the next day they went on their journey to find Peter and Peter went up to on the top of the house to pray. He said it was about the sixth hour. I'm in verse 10, chapter 10, verse 10. Then he became very hungry. He wanted to eat. But while they were making food for him, Peter fell into a trance. And he saw heaven open and an object like a great sheet uh, bound at the four corners descending to him and let down to the earth. Uh, in it, there were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And the voice came to him. And you know it's Jesus because it's, it's red letters in the Bible. I'm only joking, but it's nice that they, they make him in red letters so we know God is talking. It says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And the voice spoke to him again a second time here's the rebuke. Listen to this. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. Then it says, this was done three times. The object was taken up to heaven. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. So Peter's pondering these things. And what happens? The men come, they summon Peter, they say, you know, Simon had a vision, an angel visited us, and, you know, you must come with us. So, uh, the Holy Spirit speaks to uh, Peter in verse nineteen, and he says, um, while Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him,' behold, three men are seeking you, arise, therefore, go down and go with them, and doubt nothing, for I have sent them. Peter would have doubted. Peter would have been like, Who are these guys they 're roman they 're italian i'm you know i 'm jewish i don't, i don 't partner with them he wouldn 't have gone, but he just got rebuked. And then the Holy Spirit's saying, don't doubt anything, go with them. So Peter, you know, went with them as he was sent, and they get to Cornelius' house. Um, It says, now, Cornelius was waiting for them, I'm in verse 24, and he called together his relatives and all his close friends, come to the house, this angel visited me, this guy's going to tell us good news from God, we have to hear what he's going to say. So as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet. Cornelius was overwhelmed. He just saw an angel, said, send for Peter. Here's Peter. So Cornelius falls at his feet to worship him. But Peter rebukes Cornelius and says, get up, stand up. I myself am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found that many had come together. Peter sees all of these people. And he says to them, you know, it's unlawful for me as a Jewish man to come and keep company with you Gentiles. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not even, you know, supposed to, you know, spend any time with someone of another nation. So he's letting him know like I'm not supposed to be here. And then he says, "But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean." Keep that in mind. This rebuke is the key. It's a turning of the church and I think I think it's relevant today. I think we have to wake up to the fact that if we have harbored anything in our heart that treats any man as common or unclean or less than us, or somehow we, we have a any kind of notion of superiority, we need to repent because he's created us all in his image. So this is what he showed Peter early on. Uh, so so he, Peter says, therefore, I came without objection. Um And so Cornelius shares the story, how he was fasting, he's praying, and the angel showed up. And, uh, you know, Peter's listening to the story. And so um, Peter begins to open his mouth and to uh, preach the good news, tell him about Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Uh, So it says in verse 34, then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality Let's read that again. In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Oh, that we would get this in the church and that we would embrace this understanding. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord. The word you know which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began in Galilee after the baptism of John was preached, how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. And we are witnesses. And he was crucified. And he, you know, he's, he's telling them all about uh, you know, what happened to Jesus. And it says, dropping down to verse 44, as he's still speaking, these words, the Holy Spirit falls on all who heard. Verse 45, and those of the circumcision, meaning the Jewish believers, those who believed were astonished, like, oh my God, the Holy Spirit just fell on the Gentiles. As many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles, for they heard them speak with tongues. This was radical. This was the start. God told Peter, it gives him a vision, don't call unclean what I've called clean. Don't call common uh, what I've called, you know, what I've separated unto myself. And then he sends them to Cornelius' house. The Holy Spirit is poured out and Peter is confronted. You know, it's interesting in the next chapter, in chapter 11, Peter has to defend the fact that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles because they're like, how could this be? It goes against our culture, our tradition. You're breaking down cultural norms. Well, you know, as I shared a couple of weeks ago, my wife and I were sharing with you about the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, that Jesus had a divine appointment. He went, he was, he's, he's always about breaking cultural norms to bring truth, to bring mercy, to bring grace and to bring everyone into the fold. This gospel is not exclusive. Even in the book of James, it says if, you know, if, if, a, if a, someone who's, who's rich comes into your congregation and you treat him and say, sit here, sit in a good place, but someone who's poor and you say, oh, just sit over to the side, it says you have judged with, evil, with an evil heart, an evil intent, and there's and a rebuke there. God is about bringing equity and equality. That's what Jesus Christ was always about, and that's what he's doing even today. So we see that Jesus rebuked Peter and says, don't call common or unclean what I've called clean. I'm changing your cultural norms and it's time that you line up. Now, turn with me. This is Father's Day. And, um, you know, in in the book of Proverbs, it talks to, you know, there's a father talking to his son. And um, in Proverbs one, beginning of verse 23, the Father says, turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make known my words to you. God, I really believe that God wants to bring a correction in the body of Christ. For too long, much of the body of Christ, the church world, has been segregated into a black church, a white church, an Asian church, a Filipino church, a uh, Spanish, Hispanic church. You know, God wants us to recognize that he's called us into one body and to value and honor each other and and to speak up when there's an injustice against one, it's an injustice against all. And we have to recognize that and not buy worldly um, things. We we need to fight for the oppressed, fight for those who don't have a voice and, and recognize If someone's marginalized, then we're all marginalized. We have to empathize with them. So he says, turn at my rebuke and I'll pour out my spirit. That's what we want. We want the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We want revival. So we need to turn at his rebuke. Um, I really do believe God rebuked Peter and he's rebuking us as a church. I think we need to own it a little bit. If we've there's any place in our heart, you know, and in Psalm uh, 139, it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, know my anxieties. see if there's any wicked way in me, and lead me in the path everlasting, in the, in the way everlasting. Show it to me so that I can turn from it, because I want to turn at his rebuke. When God rebukes me, and he does, because I'm a son, and you're a son, you're a daughter." That means that he's going to correct us from time to time. It's not bad. It's actually good because he corrects those he loves. But if we turn at his rebuke, we, part, we partner with all that he wants to do. And so let's not despise the chastening of the Lord. It is a good thing. Um, okay. Hebrews 12 Verses 3 to 11 talks about don't despise the chastening of the Lord. Uh, for as many as he loves, he chastises. So you can you can go back and look at that scripture. I want you to turn with me to Proverbs chapter 2, uh, beginning at verse 1. <clears throat> this is where I've been parking in prayer. Uh, Proverbs 2 lays out a path for receiving God's wisdom, God's understanding. It's his, it actually lays out, it's almost like a, <clears throat> a computer code. If you do these things, then you'll get this result. So let's look at that because I, this is where we need to be. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands with you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, and if you seek it for, as silver, and search for it as for hidden treasures. So we have to do those parts, but I, everything I just read, apply, incline our ear, apply our hearts to understanding, cry out for discernment, lift up, let him hear our voice, lift up our voice uh, for understanding, seek it as if we were seeking silver and gold, hidden treasure, it says, then, if you do those things, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Listen, he stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield or a protection to those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice. This is what we're crying for, justice in our land and he preserves the way of his saints. It says, then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity, and every good path. This is our cry for all of our brothers and sisters that we can walk in righteousness, justice, and equity for all. Race, creed, race, color, it doesn't matter. All humanity, should we should walk in equitably. You know, We have a heart of compassion for the lost. We want to see them treated equitably, and we want to see them come into the kingdom. All men, creating the image of God, need to be treated with righteousness, justice, and equity. Every good path. And it says, when wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you and understanding will keep you. To deliver you from the way of evil. And, And that's what we've seen. We've seen injustice. We've seen the way of evil and we need to be delivered from that. I'm very hopeful. You know, we've been praying for revival. We were in a 40-day fast leading up to Pentecost, uh, leading up to Easter, and then the 40 days prior to Pentecost, expecting a great outpouring, and what we've seen was a pandemic. We've seen this racial injustice, and we said, God, what happened? And I remember before that, I've said this before, but I said it's not gonna I don't think it's gonna look like we expect, but God's gonna do something and we need to be perceptive. My perception is that he's saying, if you'll turn at my rebuke, if you'll really deal in the church, in the body of Christ, with the racial injustice, with, with the, the the cultural biases that actually create blinders and, and make it and don't let us see to the right or to the left, if we can take those off, start to see and feel the pain of others and what they've gone through, start to listen hear their stories. We need to feel the empathy um, in the midst of of what's going on because God wants to bring a great revival. And if we can start to mourn with those who mourn, cry with those who cry, understand what's going on and and really be the body of Christ now and and walk in unity with our brothers and sisters, be agents of healing because we're ready to own our own stuff hear their stories, repent where we need to repent. I, I've come to see that I haven't always seen things clearly and I'm, 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 being, I'm repenting now and, and saying, I, ne- I didn't really understand. I heard, but I didn't understand. Now I'm trying to understand with an empathy I didn't have before. And I need my brothers and sisters to, to stay at the table with me and let's all stay in the conversation and we'll see a change. I am more hopeful now than I've ever been. I know God is about to break in and and pour out his spirit because he's looking for the John 17 unity. He couldn't bless the division, but he can bless the unity when we're willing to acknowledge where we have come up short. That's called confessing your sin one to another. And when we acknowledge where we've come up short, ask forgiveness, and we extend mercy and grace to each other, then God will break in. I believe that's about to happen. We're about to see the great in gathering, the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit and a great in gathering. So, would you help me? Can we come together as a church family and, and and hold each other's arms up? Extend forgiveness. Can we listen with the listening ear, you know, not be quick to speak, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to wrath and say, God help me and we're going to walk through this together. I love you, Life Center. Looking forward to it. This is a great Father's Day because we have a Father in Heaven who's bringing us to maturity and perfection. I love you. God bless you. If you need prayer, there's going to be a there's going to be a prayer line that you can call in for prayer, and I will see you soon. Looking forward to it. Bye bye.